Welcome back to the Play On Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Stavros. Today we will be speaking to Mara Leffler and Luke Johnson from the Shakespeare in the Schools touring production of A Midsummer Night's Dream. Mara is a graduate of Southern Utah University and has an MFA from Indiana University. She has appeared at the Indiana Repertory Theater, Indiana Festival Theater, Salt Lake Shakespeare, and PCPA. Luke is also a graduate of Southern Utah University. He's previously been seen at the festival in 2015 and 2016 at the Pioneer Theater and the Playmill Theater. Mara and Luke, welcome to Play On Podcast. Hey, hey thank you. Thanks. We're so I'm so excited. Uh, this is like a personally, this is like a confluence of my whole life all happening at once. <laughs> Mara and I went to school here at SU together. Uh, Luke and I worked together on the Green Show, and now you're both here on the Shakespeare in the Schools tour, which is one of my favorite things we produce all year, and we get to talk about it. So yeah. uh, professionally, I'm super excited. Personally, I'm super excited. I'm so uh, glad both of you are here. Um, Luke, uh, we'll start with you. Just just for our listeners, give a little bit of uh, give us a little bit of your background, what you've where you're from, what theater you've done, uh, particularly here at SUU and at the festival, and then we'll uh, Mara the same thing. Great. Okay. Well, um, I'm a Utah native. I'm from the Salt Lake area, a little place called West Valley City. And <laughs> I came down to Cedar like a week after graduating high school, and immediately started studying musical theater at SUU. Um, and I had a lot of fortunate opportunities to play roles like Matt in the Fantastics or Model and Fiddler on the Roof and actually Oberon before. I played Oberon at SU when I did Midsummer in 2013, something like that. But um, then I did the internship, the fellowship that... I think the second year uh-huh. that the festival started the internship, I was a part of that group. Wait, there's an internship now? There is now a group called the <laughs> Festival Fell. I know. Do, don't even I. We'll, we'll talk more about that in a minute. Okay. How... <laughs> For some reason, like, there's, like, I feel some rage. <laughs> yep. Should Luke I say was that? was a Festival Fell. You just did, so it's okay. <laughs> yep. Um, so I was able to start in 2015 for that, and then I... Worked over the summer again immediately after graduating last year, so I'm happy to be back here again just about a year after graduating. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Mara, you uh, tell us a little bit about your theatrical background. Uh, Okay, well, I went to SUU. I'll I'll not give dates because that just makes me feel sad. (laughs) But um, I, so I was here for about five years, and then I left SUU in 2009. And I started working, I went to California and worked um, at two theater companies out there, Kingsman Shakespeare Company and uh, PCPA Theater Fest. And then I came back to the Valley, worked for two years um, just randomly in the Valley doing other stuff. I worked for Salt Lake Shakespeare Company and other places. And then I went to grad school in Indiana for three years. So, and then during that time, um, I worked at Indiana Festival Theater for the summers for three years. And then um, after I graduated, I got hired at Indiana Repertory Theater, the Phoenix Theater in Indianapolis. And then, so I've been working freelancing as an actor in Indianapolis for about a year and a half. And then I auditioned for the Utah Shakespeare Festival's educational tour. And got it. And so now it's like full circle back around and hopefully good things will happen. It's kind of flying by the seat of my pants for the last (laughs) 15 years. That's half the fun of being an actor, I think, is... It's fun, but then it's also also like 
Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it was highly inducing. Yeah, I get, get that. Uh, so, as far as um, you know, why did you? Why did you both come to SUU? Mm. What brought you here? What? What? You know, both from both, you know, sort of from Utah. What? What was it that said, "This is a school for me"? You want to go first? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> suppose a lot of it was the slogan at the time that I was applying. It was "Belong." And I wanted a place to belong. Um, I I liked the Utah Shakespeare Festival that I had seen in years previous, and I got accepted to the Governor's Honors Academy, uh-huh. which is this leadership week-long retreat here. And I was able to do different types of workshops and see the campus, and I think that's really what helped me decide, because I really only applied to SUU. I decided I want to go there, and I made it happen. Cool. Also, in the offer to BFA Musical Theater. Yeah. That was a big part. Mm. Yeah. Um, the reason why I remember a very distinct moment in my high school, like, I had a friend who was like, you know what, I think I'm going to go down to SUU. And I was like, what's down there? And she's like, the Utah Shakespeare Festival. And I was like, oh, I'll go too. <laughs> and I did. <laughs> and then it turned out to be a really great experience. Um, but... Yeah, it was kind of like a fly by the seat of my pants. Like, maybe I do that a lot. <laughs> huh. It was like, that seems to be a theme. Um, uh, but yeah, Mars having like, like a total awakening. I, you know, uh, podcast, like, wait a minute. Uh, this is what I do. Well, this like, is what I do. What? Well, I'm very quick to make decisions when I feel like they're right. And so I did feel kind of just like, I was like, oh, that sounds like a good idea. Then I did it. Um, and... I knew that it was associated with the Utah Shakespeare Festival, and I loved Shakespeare. I thought, you know, I was a weird, awkward kid who didn't have any friends, so I read Shakespeare and Jane Austen, you know? And so I was like, that seems cool. And then I decided to come, and the rest is history, I guess. Turns out it is cool, Uh huh. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, well, so off of that, Mara, I, um, this idea of... Had either of you seen a touring production? Did you, when you were in high school or in school, did you see a production of the tour, or not till you got here? And, and yeah, right, not till I, I got, got here. here. Um, I just, I just loved it. But yeah. yeah. So knowing, you know, having seen other tours, but not having been on one yourselves in this, in with this group, I, did you tour with Kingsman? I cho- I toured with PCPA. Oh, cool. So that was like a ten month tour, and that wasn't as much. Um, area we covered. We covered about an hour radius out of Santa Maria. So we didn't travel as far. Um, but, you know, I've, I've toured before. Knowing what you, you know, knowing you were that kid that loved Shakespeare in Austin and maybe didn't feel like you had a lot of friends, what are your sort of thoughts going, knowing that you're going to be going into schools, communities that may not have a lot of theater, may, that there you may be, there may be that kid sitting in front of you uh, in the audience, you know, looking for something. What what does that do as you prepare your roles, as you prepare the show, and as you think about teaching and all the other things that go along with going on this tour? Yeah, so I guess mostly um, what it does is it makes me go, oh, this is really important work that we're doing, and it's not just for um, like theater purposes. It's for like letting kids and teaching kids how to express themselves, because I don't think that in regular education they get that ability. They're, it's pretty much dictated to them what they need to do, how they need to do it, and everything like that. And what theater does is it just allows for them to develop their own expression and and to develop their own ability to say, oh, I am feeling this at this moment. And and then also being able to like 
grapple with that because I think I think if we catch them at an early age, that's it's gonna help a lot of like world problems and and <laughs> and and it helps with empathy and and allows for kids to be able to say, oh, that kid is feeling exactly the same way I'm feeling, and I would have never even thought to have noticed if I hadn't experienced this play or if I hadn't experienced this workshop with this teacher and my school mate just did something really crazy and I empathize with that or, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. It's just the language of yeah. understanding. It teaches them a different language, yeah, that I don't think they normally get. So, Luke, any thoughts? about that you don't have to <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I think there's something you experience by watching live theater or participating in it or even just playing a game a warm up game mm-hmm. and I think there's something special about it there's some sort of magic yeah so yesterday we went into the school what school was it uh, Canyon View Canyon View and and I taught Shakespeare text and there was this girl who, like, they mixed it with advanced theater kids and dance and social dance kids. So kids who have never had, you know, the reason why they're taking social dance is because they want to, like, maybe get out of their comfort zone slightly, and they're not right sure. And then, but so, it wasn't for Shakespeare. But they it's weren't not taking for social Shakespeare. dance for, for the Shakespeare of it all. Yeah. No. And there was this one girl in particular who, like, you could tell she was so nervous, but she, like. There was a moment when I saw it in her face where she was like, I like this. You know? <laughs> it's that, like, that yeah. connection, that engagement. Yeah, and then she started like answering questions. Like We sat down at the end, and she was like, and then you realize that he likes her, or he doesn't like her, and she likes him so much. And in this words, it means it. And I was just like... Oh my gosh, this is cool. <laughs> you, know? you literally saw the light come on. I did. Not just, not just like, you saw the exact moment where the light came on. I saw the exact moment where the <laughs> light came on, and I was like, oh my gosh. And it reminded me of me. Like, I was like, I've been in that situation where, like, the light bulb switches on, and you're like, oh, who would have thought that the phrase hard-hearted adamant could have so much packed <laughs> into it? And then your little mind just, like, starts, like, whirling. And it's really cool to see. That's awesome. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. And yeah. it connects people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Allows, like you were saying, it allows people to express themselves. Yeah. And not just for individual expression, it, it helps them connect to others. It creates a sort of community. Yeah. Even just in a workshop, mm-hmm. they start interacting with the other kids in the class in a way that they hadn't previously engaged. And oh. it's really cool to see that connection. Yeah. Luke, you've played Oberon before in another production. Yes. What did it? How much of that experience has sort of folded into your characterization on this one, or did you sort of just intend intend to start fresh? Talk about how you have gelled, having performed not just in the show before, but this role before, right. and what that brought to this process. It was definitely easier to memorize, <laughs> <laughs> which was surprising because it had been a few years. Unfair. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> um, but not only with that, some old habits came back out with the text. I wanted to start fresh, but it was difficult to do so because I was used to doing it that other way. Um, but luckily we had done a very physical adaptation of it as well. We, we set it in Pioneer, Utah, and the fairies were like Native American spirits, which was pretty cool. So I was used to you know, getting on the ground a little bit, which helped loosen up for physicality of this one. 
but it was so cool to see how absolutely different the show can be with a different concept. Like this one's more of a focus on uh, paper and color and relationships and imagination. So it helped starting out with technical things, uh -huh. um, but having a different group of people and a different director really just opened up, opened up the world to a, a new experience, new interpretation of it. Speaking of relationships, your uh, in the show, your uh, characters are, you know, sort of on paper the power mm -hmm. in both of the worlds of the internet. You play both uh, t t uh, Hippolyta and Theseus and Titania and Oberon. So mm -hmm. in the mortal world, you are the rulers. In the fairy world, you are the rulers. Yeah. What's that? You know, in sort of in terms of relationships, both with each other and with your castmates. How is that? How did that? Re how did those relationships sort of evolve? With knowing that in terms of character-wise, you have the power? Mm. That's a good question. Mm, that is a good question. Um, I mean, like, it's really interesting to see how, like, a dynamic happens in any sort of cast, depending on what character you're playing. And so, like, it does kind of feel like, oh, I'm... I'm like not necessarily the mom because that sucks, but <laughs> <laughs> but like but like there is kind of like a more maturity thing that happens where sometimes <laughs> I was just gonna say the other cast members are immature, but I'm also <laughs> immature. Yeah. So, but you know, it's interesting how that happens. Um, yeah, well, I think people are cast into roles for a reason. Mm -hmm. They exhibit certain attributes or characteristics that would tend to naturally. Display those relationships. So I think. So you're saying you're mature. Well, and a relationship. Sure, yeah. Okay. He's like, I'm the king. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm the king. I am, I am the king. So, so uh, go ahead, Luke, and then I want to follow up with you on something more. Okay. Well, I was just going to say that it, it kind of fell out naturally yeah. with our cast. We all kind of knew the relationships of the characters in the show anyway. Mm -hmm. So we were able just to play and find more of that dynamic. Yeah. There hasn't really been a struggle. And what's really cool, like, speaking of relationships, like, Titania and Oberon are, we talked about this, mm -hmm. Titania and Oberon are, like, a power couple, and they have the power, but they are also, like, infighting, and, like, <laughs> and, like, it, they are, we were talking about how, like, they're, they're, like, the oldest couple in the room, they're, like, the couple that has the most history, and the most depth to their relationship, and the most, like, um experience and that's why they say such horrible things to each other mm -hmm. and like why they like they flip on a dime you know it's like it's like I am never going to compromise with you ever and then it's like I'll hang out if you want to yeah. you know <laughs> like that Really interesting. <laughs> well and it, it makes you wonder if these are games they've played before. This yeah. is, you know this is oh, this battle may be fresh, but it's not new. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? yeah exactly. But like, this is old territory. It's just a new version of the way that they bicker and fight. And, but there's also a lot of like love and passion in their relationship that is still present after so long. So, yeah. I, I thought before with the show, because they're immortal, you know, they've lived forever. They will not die. How you must be looking for things to do. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you, it's like, well, we gotta. Every every moment is, is is you know lasts forever. So it's like, 
They just must be like looking for that. There's a reason you fight and get along and mess with people. It's just, they're just looking for stuff to do. They're just looking for yeah. a fun, yeah. crazy weekend. And it's really interesting. So like the whole reason why they're fighting is over this little changeling boy. And like going off of what you said, they're immortal. And so they like, but the stakes are also really high. So like they're immortal, but like this, this votress of Titania's has died in her friendship and she's like I'm gonna you know there is like this realness and gravity to death and and like keeping something that you that reminds you like of of a past relationship or anything like that that reminds you like the tokens that we kind of hold on to as we as we go like I'm I Okay, so this is what an actor's life is. Like, my stuff was all in storage, and I my parents came out to Indiana to pick it all up in their truck, and on the way back in Omaha, um, in Omaha, somebody stole it out of the back of my truck. Oh, my gosh. All of my stuff. And, like, it feels funny, but, like, I can relate to the way Titania, like, wants to hold on to these objects that are that are representative of her life because that like when something is lost like that it's like this intense crazy experience that you have and so like yes they're looking for stuff to do they're totally bored but Mm -hmm. it's also like based in this very real interesting very like true emotion that we all go through like possessiveness like this is this is a manifestation of moments in my life and I want to keep it you know that's really interesting I've never seen it from that perspective before thank yeah. you you're welcome so uh, compare that then to one of the things that I think comes up a lot we're talking about this show with people specifically with Theseus and Apollota is you know this is a marriage created out of conquest mm-hmm. um, that yeah. you know Theseus has won a war against the Amazons Apollota is the peace offering you know it, it, it whether by her own choice or by the terms of the, the mm-hmm. surrender, how does that, how does that relationship, how does communicating that relationship work in terms of knowing that you're going to be talking to a modern audience mm-hmm. and a modern young audience, you know, that there's, you know, so many things have to be re- refocused through a modern contextual lens. How does something like a marriage, a bargain marriage, uh, how, do, how did you talk about that at all? Like what? What had, uh, personally, how have you sort of worked through that, yeah. knowing that it's not a huge, part, as huge a part of the show as as Titania Oberon, but it's mm-hmm. still it's an important part, part of the play. Yeah, it is. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, well, I like to think that Theseus has some real feeling for Hippolyta. I think for him, it's not just a, a bargain or a, a conquest marriage. I think he also has some sort of real feeling there. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he says he's going to woo her. Like, uh, if he didn't have feeling for her, he wouldn't make the effort to, like, uh-huh. try to, uh, you know, he says, I'll woo you in a different key. So, you know, like, he's making an effort to, instead of it being a forceful coercion, it's a, I'm going to try to woo you um, in a different way as opposed to like force mm-hmm. um, for Hippolyta it is a difficult thing to grapple with um, and and I personally find it a different a difficult relationship to grapple with because mm-hmm. essentially she is the prize like you said mm-hmm. and so I think that in in my work as the character the only thing I can do is to say well here's the mess and when is the moment 
you know, asking myself good questions. So is there a moment when she goes, oh, I do like him. Okay. Okay. That's weird. You know, like, Mm -hmm. and not to iron out the messes, but to just recognize them and to say, oh, this is a very, very complicated relationship. Mm -hmm. It's also interesting is they're faced with a very difficult decision right at the beginning Mm -hmm. of this relationship. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. That like... That they're on two different sides of you. Mm-hmm. Usually, as the way it's portrayed, it's like, uh, what now? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And that's the way we're doing it. Is that like, you know, Theseus is all about laws and rules mm-hmm. and, and duty and duty and following it to the letter, and that there are no exceptions. And Hippolyta is like, this is a stupid law. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is ridiculous. Um, and so, and so, there is kind of this weird. Like, he's still trying to be a lover to her. And she's like, no, (laughs) no, we've got bigger issues because this law is ridiculous. And I'm going to do everything in my power to get it changed, you know? So, yeah, it is very interesting. You have to wonder, you know, you think about why this marriage is occurring. It's not like she's... You know, you think in England, you know, in, when you're looking at other sort of Shakespearean political marriages, it's the, the daughter of a king is, mm-hmm. you know, the, you know, you think of Henry V, that right. the, the men win the war and the princess is the sort of prize. But that's not what well, that's not what happened here. She's a ruler in her own right over a society of other women. And the thing that I, I tend to think about is as I think about what you've just brought up. It's like, why is this happening? Not because personally, it's tough for her, but. Is, she, is this a, is this something she's doing to save her people to mm-hmm. ingratiate them you know to integrate them into this society and at the, in this exact moment where she's grappling with this idea it's like made peace with I'm going to save my people by mm-hmm. joining the, in this marriage she finds out that there are laws in this country that that <laughs> that don't allow for women to have the same sort of I, you, you sort of you can sort of stack it and see all it's like oh that's yeah. All of a sudden, this is all just not only hit home, but hit home personally for her. Mm-hmm. Hit home personally. And there's also, on the flip side of that, which is really interesting, is also a moment of recognition of, okay, I am in this situation. I've made this this choice to marry him. And there is power in that choice. Mm-hmm. There is There is an ability to be like, okay, now I am in a position where I can make change. I can influence for the better, for the greater good, for everyone, so that so my sacrifice, my own personal sacrifice, also is a way to build community and a way to change law that needs to be changed and and change mindsets and thinking that may be outdated. So there's there's also like yes, and which I really love about these people and these characters is that they are so complicated. Totally. Well, and you're gonna get questions from yeah. kids, students, and you're gonna be able to talk to them. You know, they'll see it at one level, and that you might help them take it to the next. But then there's gonna be even more on top of it. And uh-huh. I'm I'm excited for the conversations you get to have about this because Me too. kids are smart, and they're gonna ask these questions as they totally. sort of unpack the play, whether they're seeing it for the first time or whether they're seeing it for the fourth, fifth, or tenth mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what are you most, each of you most excited about? You know, you, it's an interesting time to interview you because you're nearing the end of the rehearsal process, but you're not on the road yet. Mm-hmm. Right. So the sort of work of building the shows behind you, but the work of the tour is ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you most looking forward to about getting on the road and going on tour? Bringing Shakespeare to the kids. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm excited about. Because some places don't get to have it as, as readily available as I've had it. Mm-hmm. So I'm very excited to 
to bring it to these different areas and to experience that magic with a variety of, of students. That, that is what I'm most excited about. Yeah, I think I'm the same, but I, I like on top of that, I'm excited. Like as a teacher, what's really the funnest part about being a teacher, I think, is like walking into a group of people that you have, you like know nothing about and then being able to look at them in like five minutes and assess who they are and their needs are, like what their needs are and to be able to then like mold like our curriculum around what their needs are, it becomes like this really interesting, like, I don't know. It keeps you fresh and like have a learner's mind too. And, and then also like to recognize that like every audience that we're going to visit, every, every kid that is going to see this play, their needs are so different. Mm -hmm. Like their needs are the most different, but but I have the ability to be able to go into an audience and assess immediately and be able to say, oh, this is what they need. Like, this is this is what they, um, like, yeah, this is what they need. And you get to do that in performance and in a workshop and yeah. in a talk back. I mean, you get to sort of, you get multiple opportunities to sort of connect with members of this audience in a way that mm -hmm. not every actor gets to. Right. Yeah. That's very full. Yeah. I'm also excited to hike the Grand Canyon. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I mean, you get to go to some really beautiful places. Yeah, uh, yeah. At least um, to Tetons yeah. and the Grand Canyon. I mean, yeah. that's so exciting. Talk about it, this sort of ends of the spectrum in terms of the climate vision. You know, climate vision where you're like, you know, the craggy Tetons and then the, you know, the vast openness of the Grand Canyon. That's cool. Well, we're looking forward to following your journey, uh, you know, uh, here in the office and, and throughout the... Uh, throughout the, the listenership of play on we'll check back in with you as the the tour goes on but uh you can follow the progress see photos of this amazing concept which we didn't have time to get into today but uh you're in for a real visual treat seeing how uh <laughs> the so story cool. leaps off the page and becomes yeah manifest literally. in these we, characters we saw the costumes we did photo call yesterday and they are oh, stunning <laughs> they are so cool <laughs> yeah they're fun, man. You can see more at bard.org slash tour. We'll have lots more going. Um, we're going to have social media and some video and images going throughout the tour so you can follow uh, the, these wonderful actors as they traipse around the American West, bringing <laughs> Shakespeare to large cities, small towns, mm -hmm. middle of high school students, correctional facilities, and everything in between. So thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, thank we're you. We're glad you're on our team. Yeah. Let's do. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of the Play On Podcast. Be sure to go back and listen to past interviews on the festival webpage. Check out the latest episode released every other Friday with your favorite directors, actors, and designers from our 2017 season. Mm -hmm.